the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It doesn't matter if you're an ancient being that goes back to the origin of the universe. Without God, you are incomplete. Unfallen beings need to contemplate the cross of Christ. Unfallen beings need to know the eternal God. Unfallen beings need to bow down and worship to remain loyal to God. That's Pastor Michael Oxentanko, and this is Reaching Your Heart. Today's message is entitled, The God Particle. The last time we were together, we brought to you the first portion of this message. We will complete it here today. The God Particle. Here at Reaching Your Heart, we believe that God answers prayer. If you need prayer, please call us today at 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Stay tuned at the end of today's broadcast. I'll have information on how you can attend the worship service in person if you would like. You can also attend anytime online at reachinghearts.org slash video. That's reachinghearts.org slash video. Here is Pastor Michael Oxentenker with the conclusion to... The God Particle. Today's Reaching Your Heart. In Revelation 4, 6, there is a sea of glass before God's throne. The sea of glass represents the vast expanse that separates a holy God from His creatures. Between God and us, there is a sea of glass. The God who lives in the storm of lightning and thunder stands before a peaceful sea in the book of Revelation. In the book of Revelation, there is not a troubled sea that stands before God's throne. There is a sea of glass. When Jesus was on earth, Christ calmed the troubled sea. You see, there cannot be a troubled sea in the presence of our God who is the storm. The sea must be calm. Mark 4, 39, and Jesus awoke and he rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased and it was a great calm. It became a sea of glass. After the seven plagues are over and the righteous stand at the end, they will stand on the sea of glass that is mixed with fire. The fire of God's presence and that peaceful sea will mix as one to inaugurate eternity for them. The beast of Daniel 7 come out of the troubled sea and the beast of Revelation 13 comes out of the sea too. Before God's throne, there is a sea of glass. The great God of the universe, dear heart, is fundamentally a God of peace in the book of Revelation. Paul talks about our Father God, peace and grace from God to you. The God who lives in the storm is the God who calms the storm of life. The God who wields the lightning bolt in His hand, who speaks with thunder, is the God who speaks the word, peace be still, at the end of time. And there is a sea of glass at the end. If God is not the holy God, if God is not the almighty God, then God is not able to save you now. Friend, there is a peaceful sea in your future with God. And so we see in the book of Revelation a God who is more a question than an answer, a mystery, a paradox. The powerful God who lives in the storm is the powerful God who calms the storm. Paradox and mystery. And peace and power without contradiction flow from his throne to all who need the question more than the answer in life. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was, 
who is and who is to come. Friend, we need to worship God a lot more for who he is. And stop this foolish talk about us being the good news. It's not our church. It's not our individual achievements. It's who God is that matters in the end. In the book of Job, a whirlwind came across the desert, knocked the house down that housed his children. Satan was behind it. His family died in the storm. In the middle of the book of Job, Job is caught in the middle of the storm of life that is altogether ordinary. The storm of tragedy that happens to every believer who stands for God. At the end of the book of Job, God appears to Job in the midst of a whirlwind. And God comes with questions instead of answers for the angry man who wants to know God. He throws one question after another at Job without an answer. And Job can't answer any one of them. He finds that God is more a question than an answer. And then Job understands that God is the storm who calms his storm. He comes to understand that the question with a capital Q is sometimes more important than the answer with a small a. He comes to know a God who can never be fully known. And he discerns in the midst of his storm that God is the storm who brings light with the lightning and the thunder. Friend, in the paradox of the question that is God, God himself becomes the answer that is personal. God is the storm that calms a troubled heart. God is the lightning that gives light to the path that is dark. God is the thunder that speaks to a troubled heart that can't hear God unless he thunders. And God is the question that transforms the need for answers. When you fall on your knees and you say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Job 38.1, then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind. Job 42.4, hear and I will speak, Job says. I will question you and you declare to me, you are more a question than an answer. I had heard of thee by the hearing of the ear, but now my eye sees thee. Therefore, I despise myself and repent in dust and ashes. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Dear heart, if you're seeking cheap answers with God, if you want God to be a slot machine truth teller for you that just gives you what you want when you ask for it, you do not know God. We worship a God that is an uncontrollable storm who is wise. God is more a question than an answer is the one who made the universe, who made you. Turn to Hebrews 11, verse 3. By faith we understand that the world was created by the word of God so that what is seen was made out of things which do not appear. Dr. Letterman framed it right in the cover of his book, The God Particle. He asked the question, if the universe is the answer, what is the question? In the book of Revelation, God is the question that gives rise to the answer. We are here because he was here first and not the other way around. The question gave rise to the answer. We are his offspring and not the other way around. If you want to be complete in this life, friend, you must worship the creator God who is more mysterious than definable. You must bow down to a God that you must grow to learn. Every human being needs to fall down on bended knee before an awesome God. Not a small God, not a simple God, but an awesome God. That is more than the mind that seeks him and cries out, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Revelation 4, 9, and whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who is seated on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who is seated on the throne and they worship him who lives forever and ever and they cast their crowns before the throne singing, worthy art thou our Lord and God to receive glory and honor and power for thou didst create all things and by thy will they existed and were created. 
Friend, the person who cannot accept the truth that God created the universe, the person that is so smart that they believe that the creation of the world in seven days of power by God is unlikely and impossible. That person has not the faith to believe that Jesus died on the cross. If they cannot accept the fact that there was a first Adam, they will not embrace Jesus as the second Adam. If they don't believe in a tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the cross of Christ, which is the tree that deals with it, is irrelevant. The person who is unwilling to bend the knee and recognize the eternal God as creator can never be saved by the creator. The four living creatures worship God as the creator. First, they give him glory. At the end of time, the call of heaven for us down here is for us to do the same. Revelation 4, verse 7, the first angel's message. The angel said with a loud voice, fear God. And what does it say? Give him glory for the hour of his judgment has come. Worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea and the fountains of water. I mean, what they're doing up there is what we got to do at the end of time. So first, they give him glory. Secondly, they give him honor. Exodus 20, verse 12. Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land which the Lord your God gives you. The four living creatures honor God because they know that God is their father. They honor him because he is the creator and they are his children. Heaven is a family that honors God in worship. And you know, in the church... It ought to be a place where the youth honor those of age. It ought to be a place where we respect the young as well, but where those who are advanced in years, a father or a mother is honored by a child. Those four living creatures have a father, and God is their father, and they honor him as such. Glory and honor and thanks to him who is seated on the throne, who lives forever and ever. Grateful, worshipful of thanks. When you say thank you to God in your worship, you recognize that God is a person with a big heart who appreciates your response. Imagine coming to church like this. Well, I'm coming to church. Jesus died for my sins, but my life is awful. You ever done that? Christ was raised from the dead, but boy, I'm having a rough time. God gave Jesus. He emptied heaven's bank account, but I'm having a hard time with my checking account. Friend, if you're having a hard time and you're struggling because we're living in the last days, aren't we? Why don't you fall on your knees and say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty and thank God for what he's done for you because we have reasons to be grateful in the midst of the end time storm, do we not? You give credit to God because God deserves it. He has a heart up there. He is an eternal being who wants to hear from you that you are grateful. And that's what these four living creatures are doing. The heart that is ungrateful can never worship the creator God who is great. The 24 elders fall down and worship God with the same frame of mind as the four living creatures. Revelation 4.11, notice what they say. Worthy art thou, our God and Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou didst create all things, and by thy will they existed and were created. You may not have a fat bank account, but if you have food and air, you're pretty wealthy. You can live and go on. The four living creatures give three things to God in worship. Number one, they give glory. Number two, they give honor. Number three, they give thanks to God. Now compare it to the 24 elders. They proclaim that God is worthy to receive three things as well. Glory, just like the four living creatures. Honor, just like number two of the four living creatures. But now we see a shift. Whereas the four living creatures say thanks to God, they say power to God. 
Now, what's going on here? What's in play? The third expression of thanks to God is expressed as power by the 24 elders. Instead of thanks, they say power. When you give thanks to God, do you not realize that you empower the great God of the universe to keep you on in the line of blessing and to keep you for himself for all all eternity? God has the power, that is true. He has the ability to do anything, but he won't do it because he will not violate your choice unless a grateful heart recognizes him and then his power flows. So when you give thanks to God, you empower God to bless you. God has the power and the right to work in your life, dear friend, but he won't use it if you don't pray and bow down and change the attitude from negative pessimism to positive gratefulness and thanksgiving on your knees. The Apostle Paul understood this vital truth as foundational, as a principle that is at the very heart of the everlasting gospel. The man or woman who cannot humble themselves to believe that God is the creator God will not humble themselves to accept God's gift in Jesus as the Savior. Romans 1.16, Paul said this, For I, for I am not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God to salvation to everyone who has faith, to the Jew first and also the Greek. I mean, God is not trying to keep you out of his kingdom. God is not picking and choosing and setting aside the elect and rejecting everybody else. Christ died for the whosoever of John 3.16. For in it the righteousness of God, verse 17, is revealed through faith. For faith, as it is written, he through faith is righteous shall live. I mean, we don't get righteous because we're good. We get righteous because we have faith. God is the righteous one. For the wrath of God, verse 18, is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness. And wickedness of men who by their wickedness suppress the truth. And with the definite article, the, the truth. For what can be known about God, because he is the truth in the context, is plain to them because God has shown it to them. Ever since the creation of the world, his invisible nature, namely his eternal power and deity, have been clearly perceived in the things that have been made, so they are without excuse. There is not one atheist who will be able to stand before the great white throne of judgment at the end of the millennium, who can argue that there was not enough evidence to believe in God. The Bible is clear when we look at a universe that is as large as the one we see and we don't recognize an eternal God behind it, we are bankrupt and fools if we do so. Now look what he says in verse 21. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God. And look at the next phrase. Or give thanks to him. But they were, became futile in their thinking. Their senseless minds were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools. Now, if you want to be wise in your life, if you want to be empowered in your life, if you want to make a difference for God and not get caught in a rut that takes you into the abyss of eternity, friend, if you want to have faith in God and be righteous, here's the attitude that needs to be in play. You must give thanks to God as the creator God in your life. You must be absolutely obvious in this worship intent and praise God for what the good that he has given to you. And the book of Revelation, heaven has given us an example of how we are to worship God. Give glory to God. Because he is the creator, the hour of his judgment has come. Honor God because he is your father who is in heaven. And empower God with thanksgiving to bless you and others through you. 
We'll continue with today's Reaching Your Heart and Pastor Michael Oxentenko in just a moment. If you'd like to attend the worship service, I will have details on how you can do that here at the close of our broadcast today, so please stay tuned. You can always attend online at reachinghearts.org slash video. That's reachinghearts.org slash video. Many archived messages are available there for you, and you can attend the live service in a streaming format at that website, reachinghearts.org slash video. Let's continue now with Pastor Michael Oxentenko in today's Reaching Your Heart. Worship is what fallen beings need every day of their lives. Did you hear me? It's what we need. We come to church because we need to worship God. The sea of glass is calm because you can only find peace when you come before the throne of God that is calm. The Bible says in Revelation 4.8 that the four living creatures have no rest day or night as they worship God. They never get tired of praising God. I mean, they don't care about the TV or the DVD machine or the latest love novel or who's great in this alley cat culture we call Hollywood. They don't care about that stuff. They never cease to tire day and night praising God for who he is. You know, we down here live in a troubled world and our sea is sometimes stormy, is it not? Is it not a stormy sea that we live on the shore of? And yet here we see before the throne of God a sea of glass. And we don't always see that sea of glass in the midst of our storm. So what can you do here when life is not like it is up there? That's the question. Friend, you can do the same thing they do there, here. You can sing your way out of trouble. You can praise a path into the presence of God. You can thank God all the way to the throne of God as you empower God with praise, as he is enthroned upon the praises of Israel with thanksgiving, empowering him to work in your life for your future. In Revelation 4.8, the four living creatures have no rest day and night as they never cease to sing praises and to worship our loving God. The passage in Revelation 4.8 that describes the four living creatures surprisingly comes from Psalms 22. Who would have thought it would have come from there, of all places in the Old Testament? When Jesus hung upon the cross, facing the trouble, the stormy sea of every person's sin, he quoted Psalms 22.1. Psalms 22, there's a journey from the cross to the throne. There's a path from praise that leads from suffering into glory. It is the road in which God is more than a question. He's also an answer at the end of it all, but faith holds on as he seeks the answer, Psalms 22.1, Jesus cried out, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why art thou so far from helping me from the words of my groaning? At the cross, the four ancient and powerful living creatures did not take Jesus off that cross. They could have in an instant struck the enemies of God with a lightning bolt. They could have saved him in a moment. The lion could have devoured them. The eagle could have stolen him back to heaven on eagle's wings. The wisdom of Gabriel could have found a way to get him off that cross. And the lion and the ox, the ox could have trampled its enemies. The God who has all the power in the universe was powerless that day because of the power of love. On the cross of Calvary, God was restrained by the power of love and he was powerless to save his son. He was powerless to save himself. 
Jesus, no doubt, asked the question in his mind as he hung upon the cross, crying out for the God who is more the question than the answer in the storm of life. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Where is the lion and the ox when I need them now, Father? Where are the ancient guardians of your throne? Where is the wisdom of a man when I cry for help and they jeer at me and I have no answers from man or God? Where are the wings of the great eagle that I might fly away to your throne and find your sea of peace in the presence of the storm? On the cross, Jesus cried out in the darkness of every man and woman's storm, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Holy, 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 is the Lord God Almighty. And yet at the cross we see a God-forsaken God who is more a question than an answer. Jesus, who is God the Son, in the awful horror that was Calvary, cried out to his God the Father and to his God the Holy Spirit, the two other members of the Trinity. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Verse 2, O my God, I cry by day, but thou dost not answer me by night, but find no rest. Now this is the illusion. The four and twenty elders who, who don't rest day or night before God's throne. Here we see the paradox of the inverted reality. Christ has no rest upon the cross of Calvary day and night. Caught in an eternal maze, he cries out to God. The four living creatures that have no rest day or night in Revelation 4.8 cannot help the one who has no rest at the cross. I am a worm and not a man. I have no rest day or night. Verse 3, yet thou art holy. What did Jesus do in the midst of the storm? Yet thou art holy, it says, enthroned on the praises of Israel. As I die upon this cross with my dying breath, my Father God, I will praise thee because you are enthroned on the praises of Israel. When Jesus was powerless on the cross of Calvary because of the power of love, he gave thanks to God and he empowered his father with praise to raise him from the dead on resurrection morning. He said, it is finished. Faith held on to God. The hand of faith that held on to God all the way through the storm to the other side was victorious. Who is Jesus on that cross? And what is Jesus on the cross to you and me? Friend, Jesus is the God particle. He is the God particle that makes our lives real, that gives mass and substance to them. He is there dying for you and me. Verse 4, In thee our fathers trusted. They trusted, and thou didst deliver them. To thee they cried and were saved. In thee they trusted and were not disappointed. Save me, verse 21, from the mouth of the lion my afflicted soul from the horns of the wild oxen. Verse 22, And I will tell of thy name to my brethren. In the midst of the congregation, I will praise thee. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you sons of Jacob, glorify him. And stand in awe of him, all you sons of Israel. Revelation 4, the vision of God's holiness is interrupted by the appearance of God's Lamb in Revelation 5. 
The God who sits upon his throne holding a scroll sealed with seven seals is more a question than an answer. And suddenly in the midst of the throne and the four living creatures and the 24 elders, there stands a lamb that was slain and he is the answer that is standing for all. The one who sits upon the throne is the question and the one who stands before the throne is the answer to the question of every person's heart who yearns for answers in the storm of life. If Christ could praise God, friend, if he could give God thanksgiving, if he he could say it is finished and trust himself to God on the cross of Calvary in the midst of his sufferings and find his way to the throne of God then there's a path of peace for you to the throne of grace Revelation 5 1 and I saw on the right hand of him who was seated on the throne a scroll written within and on the back sealed with seven seals seals of mystery And I saw a strong angel proclaim with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals? And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look into it. No one could deal with the God who was more a question than an answer. And I wept much that no one was found worthy to open the scroll or to look into it. The creator God of eternity, friend, was a God that in the end no one really knew until Jesus made him real. Verse 5, Then one of the elders said to me, Weep not, lo, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered, so that he can open the scroll and its seven seals. And between the throne and the four living creatures among the elders, I saw a lamb standing. Friend, in the book of Revelation, God is the question. And Jesus is the answer to the question that is God. Jesus is the God particle that makes God real in your life, that gives mass and substance to your walk with God. Christ is the only way to the throne of God. Christ is the only path to a sea of peace before the storm that is God. Christ is the only veil that can shield you from the lightning and the fire so you can know and see God. In the midst of the throne and the four living creatures and the 24 elders... John saw the God particle. He says, I saw a lamb standing. Well, amen, and thanks for listening today to Reaching Your Heart. That will conclude the God particle. Remember, any of these messages you can find online at reachingyourheart.com. We would really love for you to be a part of our worship service. It's held every Saturday at 11 o'clock. That address is 6100 Brooklyn Bridge Road, Laurel, Maryland, 20707. 6100 Brooklyn Bridge Road, Laurel, Maryland, 20707. Or if you're more comfortable, you're certainly welcome to watch online at reachinghearts.org slash video. reachinghearts.org slash video. The live broadcast will be streaming and available for you on that website, reachinghearts.org slash video. Thanks for listening, and we do pray that God is reaching your heart.
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.